0: Jai to all of you. (laughs) And thank you very much, Charunalka, giving me very nice, giving my introduction. Uh, She said everything (laughs) about me, more than what I am. And thank you, Anjali and uh, Sandeep and all the team, T-shirt making team. Uh, Who's that? Michael. Michael, Yes. Yes, who have done a great job. Yes, I enjoyed wearing them (laughs) downstairs. Yes, and uh, I'm quite moved that how you people are taking care of India and us, whatever we are doing there. And it's very important, actually, we feel that we are all in the same Sangha. And uh, so whatever we are doing, we are doing it together. So it's, uh, that, that's definitely because just I have been in two conventions here. And both the convention I enjoyed very much. And I saw the very big uh, Sangha there. Very big movement there and uh, we had many Indian people there, so it was very much enjoyed. So I'm just going to start a little bit about my story, uh, just how I come in the Sangha and uh, from which background I came. And then a little bit I'm going to talk about my work, a little bit about what I experienced as a uh, lower caste or a scheduled caste, what Charunalka was saying. So I hope I'm going to cover it in uh, 30 minutes. So, yes, I born in North India. North India is, uh, India is actually quite very big country and uh, many states are there. And going one state to another state, it's like going one country to another country. Even in Europe, you can arrive one country to another country by train in two hours. But sometimes from one part to India to another part to India to go there by train, it can take four days, day and night. So it's not that easy. And every uh, state has its different uh, culture, different uh, clothing, different food, different language, different water. Everything is so different. So in that term... I was from very, very back, uh, backward background. North India, uh, Uttar Pradesh. Still, people from Maharashtra, they don't want to go to Uttar Pradesh and Bihar. They feel, no, this is the place of Gundas. So all the Gundas are living and anything can happen. And it's true. Anything can happen anytime. So we call it Jungle Raj. This lot of people can do anything. So it is, uh, I'm talking about 25 years ago. It was 1990-91 and uh, it was very difficult for women to do anything or going out even the daytime. Still it is difficult enough but it's changing now. So that time uh, we had very big big family. My father uh, uh, was there who had eight daughters because uh, my parents wanted to have a son and it is very essential to have a son uh, because son can take over your uh, family's name. And he is important. And the daughter is no use because she is the other's property. And she is after the marriage. We have to have marriage. So after marriage, she is going to go to other's place. So there is no use. So it is very important to have son. so that they were very much trying to have a son. And in the end, they didn't have a son. And uh, they just ended up with eight daughters. And uh, it was very difficult for us to survive. Because already my father was a uh, very big drinker. And I can say that he had uh, all possible bad habits at that time. He was a big drinker. He was smoking. He was eating meat. And all other things also he was having. Uh, and we were uh, struggling a uh, lot with him. And because they both my mother and father, they didn't get all, uh, well. They were always having a lot of fights with each other. And uh, it was difficult enough. Already, we were very poor. We were just living in a very small room, which was ten feet by ten feet. And in that room, always eight people were there, because my two other youngest sister, they born after my two elder sister got married. So always eight people were there in that house. He used to beat us. He used to beat my mother, and my mother used to beat us. Because it was all was very difficult. But somehow my mother just had a, this idea that she had to give education to her daughters. And in, because of that, oh, she never thought of us that we had some emotions or we are growing. We are a teenager girl. We, need, we have some needs or she, we need her love. We need to be there with her. She needs to talk with us. So that was not there. That was all missing. It was very difficult for us. But still, we were managing and uh, just to tell you that my father was a very, very angry man. It's not that he is drunk or not, but he was a very difficult man. Uh, he was always very angry. And uh, if he doesn't like the food, he will just throw it on the street. And that was impossible just for us to be with him. He tried to burn at us at least twice, Missy tried to do that. Uh, it was difficult enough for four or five people to control him. But somehow we survived. So, but he happened to be uh, the part of a Buddhist movement. Before that he was just calling himself, politically he was calling himself that he am Buddhist. But we did not know what is Buddhism. And uh, just, uh, he was just trying and we just thought because he doesn't want to celebrate any Hindu festivals. And he wants to save his money. Because he doesn't have money. So that's why just he's calling I'm Buddhist because Buddhists don't have to fest, uh, celebrate anything. So that was our idea. But we didn't know anything about Buddha. We didn't have any Buddha at home. But I was hearing a little bit about Baba Saheb. And already I was hearing and experiencing the casteism very much. Uh, I remember with my, some of my uh, school. Uh, some uh, girls who were in with me in my class, they used to not call me by my name. They used to call me by my caste when we were walking towards our home. And it was very, very humiliating. And uh, I felt it very difficult. I remember another thing that uh, there used to be a very old couple. And uh, they were just running a small shop at their home. And uh, just some biscuits or uh, some small uh, sweets. And when we were going to buy something, so they, she was asking me, that lady was asking me to just drop the money. So I was dropping the money and she was just dropping and keeping that thing on the uh, just floor. Uh, no floor, but the yes, oh, on the floor basically. So then we had to pick it up. So that kind of things. Another experience, now I can speak reasonably good English. But it was quite strong for me. In nice my standard, in Uttar Pradesh, you have to change your language or you, to, you can choose some uh, subjects. And I wanted to take English. I was no good in English at all. I didn't know any words in English. But uh, uh, when I filled the form, so my teacher who was a Christian, uh, David, madam. Uh, she just called me and uh, she just rubbed that subject. And she said, why you want to go learn English? So I said, just I want to learn English. And we were not allowed to even see like this. I was just like this and talking with her. And somehow, my mother was very determined that she wanted me to take English. And she came and she took somebody's help. And this David Madam told to my mother, Why you you are insisting that your daughter has to take English? She is not going to England. And that was, can't imagine that... uh, I never thought I'm going to come to England. So that was Miss. many people ask me that how you learn uh, good English. So I think that is my motivation. That was my motivation to learn English. That motivated me that I am going to learn English. Somehow she took me in her class but she never gave any attention to me. I just learned English by myself and just with my efforts. So that kind of lot of experiences we were having in my childhood when I was a teenager, so a lot of casteism was still there, so it was more at chandrabodhi 's time, but that was still at my time also, and still it is exist in India. People say that casteism is not exist, but it is exist very much if you go still go in Gujarat and you want to rent a house, first thing they will try to. Make sure that from which caste you are. We just try to ask you in different languages. When even we are going to in the train, so they just ask. Uh, we have this sixth sense that uh, we ask people their surname, each other, and by that we try to uh, make idea that from which caste this person belonged to. So still it is very, very uh, strong there. A lot of atrocities are having and uh, yes I, sometimes the <coughs> pictures are coming and I can't even see them. So just coming back to my life that uh, already we had very difficult life in our family and this casteism was always there. But then my father who was just calling himself Buddhist and he happened to be a Bud- uh, member of a Buddhist organization. So uh, They organized a retreat, a small retreat of Triratna. And uh, he went there, luckily. Uh, He took his bottle, he took his uh, uh, BDs there. So he thought that he he can do all those things. And just you believe me that when he came, I think it was five days retreat, five or six days retreat. So he was totally changed man. Mm -hmm. He left his drinking, he left his smoking. I remember he ate meat sometimes because of his health reasons. But he left and his temper gone down very much. Even sometimes if the salt is less in the food. Uh, so he was not saying anything for some time. But then uh, the temper is temper. So sometimes it was just going up and down. <laughs> uh, so then he took a very good decision, a big decision. He had a piece of land. And we thought that uh, because I don't have a son to take it. So he decided to give this piece of land to the Sangha, and he invited them to come there and to build up a center. So three order members from Pune, uh, one of them is my husband now, and uh, two with uh, other order members. So he took very good, very big step, he was so courageous, and these two other order members, uh, they went with him, and they all came to Uttar Pradesh. Start a center, they built a center and they started some classes and boys' hostel. And uh, I was a little bit interested in Buddhism because my father I saw my father changing and uh, I became very uh, fond of him later on. And uh, I wanted to learn more. And to seeing these order members, I was always feeling that these order members are just uh, I didn't know order member actually, I'm calling them order member now. But these people are always like that. And I thought all Maharashtrian people are like that. They were so bright. They were meditating. And uh, they were practicing. And when we were going to the centers, so they were so generous to us. They were so kindly. They were talking with us. And I was thinking how people could be like that. Because in uh, Uttar Pradesh, we are so rough and tough. Uh, our speech is very rough tough. Uh, even the, simply if people are talking, you can feel that they are just arguing with each other. So that's like that. But uh, they were so different. And I was thinking that uh, they are just like that. They are just born like that. But there was an order member in his robe, Padmavi. He was always meeting me, having communication with him. And uh, he told me that we are not born like that. Uh, we just become like that by our practice. And you can also become like that. And I started to take some interest in that and started to go to the classes, but it was very difficult for me. It was something like two kilometers from my home to the center. Uh, But that time we didn't have any electricity and classes were always held at night, 7 to 9, 9.30. And uh, it was impossible for me to go from center to home. I had to either stay in the center and it it was difficult because it was the boys hostel. Or sometimes my mother used to come, but she was not interested in anything. So it was difficult. But Padmavir told me that uh, maybe you need to go to Pune to live in community. I didn't know anything about community. And it happened that Lokmitra came one day there to give a talk. And this Padmavir, he made a meeting, he arranged a meeting with me, with Lokmitra. He translated for me. I didn't know any English that time. And he asked me, he pushed me to ask him to, can I come to live in community? I didn't know anything about community. Uh, what is community? Are men living there? Or women are living there? Or together they are living there? And uh, how I am going to do? I didn't know but I asked because he asked me to do so. And I asked him and Lokmitra said, okay, let me go back. And after some time, Mitra sent me an invitation that, okay, you can come to join the community. And I went, I traveled first time in train, two days in the train, and arrived there, I saw a public ordination there, and I was so moved to see that public ordination. And that time, uh, and there were so young people uh, who were ordaining, and I started to feel I want to have this kind of occasion in my life, and definitely I'm going to try that. And before that, when I entered in the community, our first though, two Dhamma Charani is Nyan and Vimal Shuri. So Vimal Shuri was uh, living there in community. She started that community with some other uh, mitras. She welcomed me very nicely, very warmly. She was another person I was very much admiring. And uh, I felt so much at home. And when I lived with this uh women with all the mitras and vimashuri so i got so much love which i was missing at back at my home i never received any love from my family members and uh i thought that uh, actually i was going to go back And I was having uh, my exams in May, and I came there in March. So two months' time, I was going to have my exams. And uh, I just came there for a couple of months. But then I thought, no, I'm not going to go back there. I just want to stay there. And that is it, what I was looking for. And uh, I stayed there. I never gone back to UP again. And since there, my Dhamma journey started. And now it's nearly 25 years. That was 92. Uh, when I came in the beginning of '92, and since then I'm working in different projects. Many times I worked in Karuna funded projects, and now since last three years I'm working uh, in ordination process team. And uh, working in ordination process team, I'm enjoying actually all the projects uh, working with women. I enjoyed very much. And now we got near about 750 women who have asked for ordination. Mm-hmm. And uh, same number, I think it's the men. Chandrabodhi will talk about men more. And uh, to just for them, all 750 women, we are 20 women who are working there, 20 women's team. And out of that, five of them are uh, full-timers. And five of them are part-time people. And rest of them are just voluntarily working there. And we all are taking so much uh, work we are doing We are nearly every month I am in the retreat and sometimes I am away from my home 15 to 20 days. So every month we got retreats. Uh, in the middle of retreats, we go to different centers also. There are many centers are with without order members and many, many centers which are, have order members, but only male order members, no Macharanis are there. So we have to cover up for them, we have to take some programs for them. So each and every member try to go in at, uh, at least one, one center in every month. So, and uh, for me, it is more because I can speak different languages. So, especially in North India, I can go there uh, for more. So, that kind of work we are doing. And uh, now we got only, we before, we had uh, Karuna Maya from here, from England. And she is uh, amazing. Since 20 years she is working there. In all the difficult conditions. However, we Indians are living in same condition she is living. Now, we don't call her Westerner; She is just Indian for us. Because... If in retreat, if any retreat, we are going there and we are sleeping on the floor, she would be with us. So, in every difficult condition, she is with us. So, she has done great work for women. I think I, as if I am not wrong, so when she came in India, so that time we were 11 Dhammacharanis, and now we are 160 Dhammacharanis in India. So, it's yeah, we are all very much grateful for her. Then we got Nyan Shuri who is our first Dhamma Charani with Vimal Shuri. So she is a public preceptor and there was Vijaya who is a private preceptor and then just luckily like, just few months ago we got three new private preceptors. So now we got six private preceptors for all these seven hundred and fifty women. <laughs> And it's not only that what we are doing in the retreats and just providing the retreats and the study and all these things for the, these women. It's so much changing the women's life, uh, as it is changing for me. This is a, you can just you heard about my life how it has changed. I know many women whose life has changed. I can just particularly going to give you one or two examples. So there is a woman who is. Uh, Who just came in general retreat, a beginner's retreat? Somebody told her, and she had uh, some uh, depressive tendencies in her family, and her mother died because of that. And then, her one father miss one brother he committed suicide uh, in a well, he jumped in the well. Other brother tried to save him, and he could not save him, and that's why he also jumped in the well. And this girl. Uh, who was also having the uh, depression, but she got married, uh, her father arranged her marriage, and she went there, and when these in-laws go- get to know that uh, she is depressed and uh, she is no use, they started to beat her, getting to uh, give her a lot of work, hard work, and she is actually electronic engineer. So she is not somebody means, who is just an illiterate person, she is an electronic engineer. But she was so depressed and in the end they just threw her away from the house. They kept all her jewelry, what she got from her family. And she came at her father's place. And uh, somebody uh, told her that, why don't you go to one of the retreats? And she came there and uh, she met my uh, other Dhammacharani. And we both, uh, this Dhammacharani, she told me about this girl and we both met her. And we thought that if she's going to stay in Mumbai, she was from Mumbai. So nobody is there to look after her and she needs some lot of support and she can come up from that situation. We just saw some potential there and uh, we were just thinking what to do and we discussed it later. And we invited her to live in Pune. We didn't know where we were going to keep her. We had just arranged somebody, someone to live with her and she came there and uh, she is with us since more than three years now. She is a Mitra now. And she is not only mitra, she has asked for ordination. And she is so confident. And now she is working in a charity as a computer and English speaking teacher. So she is teaching other children. So it's that kind of uh, change people can have just if you give them a hand and just you listen them. So there are many other examples I can give you. Uh, how women's life is changing, how men's life is changing. Many times there are difficulties in the family, many times there are difficulties in husband and wife, relation difficulties, behavioral difficulties. And uh, many times here people go to many different therapies also. But in India India we don't have any therapies except the physiotherapy as far I know. (laughs) So that is no use for that. (laughs) But... I think the Buddhism is very big medicine for them. And just to listen them, to share whatever they are having and give them courage that what we got over or what we came over from the situation, the same uh, is their situation also. And just to give them courage that you are not alone in the world who is having all this pain. A lot of people are like you and they have overcome from that situation and just... Finally, I'm going to tell you a small story and just uh, stop there. It's my very favorite story. It came from Karuna Maya. And uh, Karuna Maya says that there was an old lady sitting near a ocean. And a uh, lot of waves were coming. And with those waves, a lot of fishes were coming out. And they were just throwing out a lot of fishes. And this woman, old woman, was just picking up a fish and just trying to throw it in the ocean. And just picking up a fish and trying, trying to throw that back in the ocean. And a young boy was looking at it from far distance. And he was just find, finding it very funny that what this old lady is doing. And uh, he came to that old lady and he asked that what you are doing so that old lady said, that I'm just trying to throw this because they are going to die. So that's why I'm trying to just throw them again so they can have their life back. So then that boy said, that, but there are thousands of fishes are coming out and they are going to die. You can't do them. You are so old and you are just throwing one by one. So how you are going to make a difference? There are other fishes that who are going to die. So that old lady just picked a fish and she threw it again. She said it made different for difference for her, mm-hmm. so that's what we are trying to do. We all are trying to make difference in people's life, so that's it, and uh, yeah, thank you very much mm-hmm. to listening.